And you know, I, I this message I've called it. Um, let me look at my notes. Transformed or conforming. Uh, I, I couldn't remember which way I uh, I was what I was calling it. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter twelve, and and you know. Um, uh, we'll start here and then we'll we'll move on to some other more uh, some different verses this, even though this is a, a familiar verse but you know the thing that I love about uh, the word of God some of the things that just stirs me is, is the fact that I can go over a topic or, or a, a scriptures that I've taught or looked at multiple times over and over again and yet uh, those th that word comes alive again and God begins to challenge me in ways or, or even clarify some things and, and allow me to teach some things in a way that I hadn't taught before. Here in this verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So we, we know from that scripture, the Apostle Paul being one who, who demonstrated... Uh, a, a life transformed I mean the apostle Paul was just that guy man his life was he, it, it demonstrated transformation because he was a, a you know he says he calls himself the chiefest of sinners he was one out there trying to crush Christianity he was out there trying to was the cause of if not actually killing Christians he, he caused it and, you know he was one and yet then when Jesus came into his life he was transformed and, and I, I can I can believe because of the way some of the things that he teaches is he struggled and with the memory of his failures but yet God in in his in his grace and his mercy and God in the power of his word transformed Paul into the greatest apostle of them all I mean he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament now I kind of relate to Peter I like Peter I mean you know he, he's kind of that guy that I probably related to the most but yet Paul is that guy who had so much effect on everything. And I, and I think he demonstrates this or he speaks of this. And he says, in view of God's mercy. See, when, when we view what God has done for us, you know, it's important that we grab hold of and understand that, that what he did in his grace and in his mercy and his love for us by not giving us what, what's the definition of grace is unmerited unearned favor and, and the definition of mercy in other words receiving in other words grace is receiving what you don't deserve and mercy is that we don't receive what we do deserve mercy says I'm not going to give you the, the judgment that you should have I'm not going to condemn you you, there, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so there's that transformation uh, that has taken place because of the new birth. But he says, bring our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not, now notice he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, uh, that end part is what our goal should be. God, I want to fulfill what your will is in my life. You know, whenever we, whenever we use, I, I teach the, the model prayer using, using, uh, Jesus, or using the Lord's Prayer as a model for how we should pray. And, it, it, and most of you could recite that. We, most of you know the Lord's my... Uh, no, that's uh, Psalms 23. Uh, <clears throat> 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I, I was doing Psalms 23 on another sermon. I, you know, I, so, so cut me some slack. I was just testing you to see if you was paying attention, right? But he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, if, if we can make that a part of our daily prayer, God, I want your will, your kingdom come, your will be done. If we can set our heart, and that's what Paul's talking about. He says, I want, you, I want to challenge you to bring your bodies a living sacrifice. You know, I heard a guy say, and I don't even remember where I heard this on the radio. I think there was somebody who said, you know, we, we talk about giving our life to Jesus. Well, you know what he wants? He wants our body along with that. We don't want to just say, well, life, that's kind of something abstract out there. But, but boy, when we say we're bringing our body, that means, God, all my members, all parts of me are yours for your use. Where do you need my feet to go? What do you need my hands to do? I loved it, Mark, this morning. He said, he's sitting by me. Is that why you sit over there? On the, you sit in a different spot this morning, you know, and I got there late, and, and uh, I, I drug in there a little bit late, and he's sitting over here to, my, to my, where I usually sit to the right because... Uh, Mike Woods teaches it, and I just I show up and interject, and and uh, and and so I, I I'm sitting there, and Mark said, but then when we got done, Mark said, I want you to lay hands on me. You know, he said, I want you to pray for me, not just remember me in prayer, but I want to pray that that foot heals and everything heals correctly. You know, and so that's what we're standing in agreement for. But he wanted us to lay hands on. See, that's why we go up afterwards in prayer so that we can lift those prayer needs up. And we can, and we can also, if people need prayer, we can lay hands on people. We can pray with you, and so we want to be available. You know, what do we need? What does God need of our life? But see, when we're transformed by the Word of God, we quit putting our plan first. You know, I'll plan my day. I, I, but I, I'll tell people once in a while, well, my day got hijacked. You know, my day, my day got hijacked. A lot of times, that's not God. It's it's something else that came up. You know, Sunday, I, I. We, I got up and had been studying, like you know, get up early like I do on Sunday mornings, and and uh, you know, got the word already, and I get ready. To jump, I jump in the shower, and <clears throat> it's not heating up. It needless to say, it was a quick shower. But so Sunday afternoon, the day got hijacked. Sunday afternoon, we got to put in, a, and Willie come out and help me. We got to put in a new hot water tank. Well, praise God, we had time. It was a good time to do it. I mean, I was busy but not too busy you know it was time we could get it done but see sometimes things try to lead us astray or or to a place we shouldn't go but will we continually say god your kingdom come your will be done that's kind of what he's saying there but notice that middle verse that that verse two he says do not be conformed to the pattern of this world see the pattern of this world says that we need you know they they try to tell us uh, a lot of things but we want to just focus on being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now we're going to talk about some of how to do that tonight uh, because part of how we do that is obviously we take the Word of God to transform our mind, but we do that with the words of our mouth. You know, our words are, are mightily, they're, they're mighty in power. Our confession, the things we say, the words we declare are so vitally important. You know, I, I, I got checked on this. My wife and I have, have had this uh, since we first began to walk with the Lord as a young married couple. We determined that we were going to guard our mouths and not talk negative. We were going to speak positive things. 
we were gonna we were gonna speak the word of God. And if we got contrary, like, well, you know, golly, here we are. We got, you know, all these bills going on, and now the hot water heater breaks. Well, see, we you can either have that attitude or thank God for the supply and the help to get that job done. Didn't take long. It was aggravating, but I could either make it good, and, and that's not where I fouled up. I did okay on that one. There was another thing that I allowed to slip in, but she and I would just check each other. And I, I noticed she was checking Bill on the way, I guess, up on the wheel up on the way up the stairs. I overheard her, my wife saying to him, said, well, no, we're not gonna get, I'm not going to get in agreement with that. I'm not going to believe God for that. I want better for you. See, we know Bill well enough. We can kind of check him a little bit, help him with his words. But see, our words make a difference. We're going to look at this as we go through. Let's look at Romans chapter 10. We've been there the last two weeks. We're not going to read all of this that we've been reading. But I want to use this example because if you're born again tonight, you took the power, I mean, you took the principle of believing in your heart and saying with your mouth, and, you, and something changed in you. So let's look here at verse 9. It says, If you declare with your mouth, Romans 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, that doesn't leave any gray area. That doesn't say, well, okay, now if you go to church three times a week, if, if, you, watch, if you watch Pastor Kelly's prayer deal every, or Bible study every morning, if you, you know, if you do this, if you do that. No, it says this is the qualification for salvation. There's no other way. And so we gotta we gotta look at what, what Jesus said or what the Apostle Paul declared here. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Is that enough? Very good. I'm glad some of you caught that. Some of you are like, okay, oh, hey, wait a minute, this is a test. Oh, wait a minute. It's a test. It's open book test even. It's right there in front of you. I like them open book tests. But you know what? Here's the thing. He says, no, you need to believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. Why? Because the, and, and what do you need to believe? That God raised Jesus from the dead. Why? Because without him dying for our sins and being raised again to newness of life, it wasn't complete. The work wasn't complete. You say, well, you know, I mean, I can kind of go with the Jesus is Lord stuff, but him being, you know, him being raised from the dead after three days, being in, you know, do you, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, okay, so we, we need to have some, we need to have a discussion if we can't quite believe that. Now, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody in here is, is, is good with that. You believe that. You've walked in that. But see, let me, let me just give you a thought here. When, when those two things came together, See, how did it come about? You may have sung as a little kid. Uh, if you were raised in church, you, you probably, in, in most churches, if you had Sunday school or if you had, you know, children's church, you, you, those kids are raised to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So they're, they're putting forth the right words. But at some point, there has to be the hearing of the gospel that, that we are without Christ, we are hopelessly lost, that we need a Savior. Uh, we're lost in sin, and without Jesus and, and the forgiveness that comes as a result of the cross, we, we're, we're, we're lost. We need a Savior. And, but once we gain that understanding and we hear that, then we go through that prayer, the prayer of salvation, doing uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that then when those two come together, what happens? 
you're transformed. Let's look at uh, look at Second Corinthians chapter five or Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. I'm just laying a little foundation here. I know this is I know this is elementary to you. I see some of you come. Oh man, you know what? what, 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 what you're, you're, don't 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 look, don't let me lose you. Stay with me. I know you've heard this a time or two. Anybody heard this before? You've heard this a time or two. But here's the thing. The more we hear the word, the more we're able then to begin to share this with other people as well. Look at verse 17. He says, uh, Therefore, if anyone... Is there any anyone's here? The King James says any man, I think. But anyone, it didn't exclude women. All of mankind, right? We're not going to worry about the gender thing. We're just going to go with... Get the way God looks at it. And he says, he says, if anyone is in Christ, the new, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. See, if any man is in, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the King James says. See, this, this says he's a new, a new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. You know, here's the, the thing that happens in the new birth. Why did he say you're born again? It's because it's never existed. We never existed before. Once we're born again, our spirit man becomes new. Now, I know you're familiar with this, but when, when you think about the transformation that took place, that was on the inside. But then what's Romans chapter 12 talking about? Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's that process after salvation. And again... This, is, this may be familiar to you, but I want you to see the tie-in to our words and how powerful they are. See, he said in John 10.10, 10, or uh, uh, Romans 10.10, 10, he said that when we say with our mouth and believe in our heart, he didn't say when we believe in our heart and we think it. He said when we say it with our mouth. The power was released when we spoke it. Now, uh, I began to think about the differences in the new birth and the transformation over time and how do we get there. Well, see, as we begin to read the Word of God, study the Word of God, gain an understanding, we begin to pick up on things in the Word of what it says about us. First of all, I, I want you to think about in, in thought, we may turn to some of these, but think about the life of Jesus. From the moment that Jesus came into the, his public ministry. He, he, remember how that happened? He was, uh, went to the, John the Baptist, and, and he went to the River Jordan, and John baptized him. And what happened when Jesus came up out of the water? God spoke. Word spoke. And God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So God spoke from heaven. Then the Holy Spirit descended upon him. It, it, they saw a dove in the form of a dove. And he, but he, he anointed him then to be and to do what he was called, sent here to do, what his mission was. But notice the word spoke. God spoke that word. He said, this is my son. Now, why was that important? Because, because Jesus didn't know? No, he knew, right? Jesus didn't need confirmation. He knew who he was. The people around him needed to know. See, because they're having to be changed their way of thinking and what they saw because if they had believed in God to this point they believed in Elohim 
They believed in God the Creator. They believed in the God through traditions of, of man that, that, would, that would gain that they have a relationship with. They didn't know God like they were about to know God. And they didn't know and, and have the understanding of the sacrifice that was going to be made. The one lamb, the perfect lamb, the one sacrifice for all mankind. They, they, but they were being prepared for that. And the way they were being prepared for that is by the word spoken about who Jesus was. They had to begin to see him differently. See, because up to this point, he was Joseph's son. He was Jesus of Nazareth. You know, there was a whole lot of Jesuses walking around. Jesus was, was, he was not the only Jesus in Israel at the time. There, I'm sure there was plenty of other, been a name like John, been walking around. I mean, there was James. There, was, there were plenty of others who could have had that name, would have had that name. But this one wasn't just Jesus of Nazareth now. He was Jesus, the Son of God, which meant to them Jesus the Messiah. So he began to, in his public ministry, what, what was Jesus' first act? When he, when he went from there, he went into the wilderness. In, in Luke chapter 4, we see that. And, and he went into the wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil. And, and, Jesus, and the devil came to him, and he defeated him. He fasted the 40 days. He came in, then when he got back, and what did he do? He read from the book of Isaiah, which was written of him. Let's look at that in Luke chapter 4. I want you to see again, even though this is familiar, just hang with me. We're laying foundation. For some of you, it may not be familiar. But look at what, look at what he says here. He says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, in verse 16. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. And it was as, as was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, the significance of that is that Jesus began from the very first of his public ministry, he began to do something. He began to profess, confess, proclaim, declare, however many different uh, synonyms, I think it would be, yeah. Anyway, how many different words you want to use to declare who he was? Why is that important? Because the word of God transforms. And the word of God was going to go forth, not because Jesus needed, needed to be convinced of it, but because the people around him had to shift from him being a man walking the earth just like all of them, because in appearance, that's what, that's what they could have thought, would have thought to begin with. I mean, you know, he, he uh, was a, a man in the earth, even though he was the son of God. He chose to set aside that deity power and come into the earth as a man. And so he... He, that's Philippians, he, he, just, he demonstrated that. So they had to have that disconnect. Why did they struggle so much, many of them, to accept him? Because they, they couldn't get past the physical and the outward. But those, he said, within your hearing, what's important, the word of God was there to change their view of Jesus 
so that transformation could happen in them so that they could use or see him and receive him as the Christ. You see, once the John or uh, Romans 10, 10 comes together, we confess with our mouth and believe, or we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, bam, that's done. But how many times, let me ask you this, how many times have you, when you were first born again, maybe long after you'd, you'd made that decision, did you question whether or not you were, you were truly saved? Now, if you settle the Word of God, the devil can't come at you with that. But what did the devil do with Jesus? He took him to all these different places and he asked him a question. He challenged him on who he was. And how did God, or how did Jesus respond? He responded with the word of God. It is written. He spoke the word of God. As Jesus begins his ministry, he begins to declare, this is why I'm here. So he, 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 he uh, laid out his mission. This is where we are. This is, who, this is what I'm here for. Then... As he, as he goes through in, in John 16, John 14, John 12, I mean, he says things like, uh, I've I'm come from the Father and I'm going to return. And I'm trying not to turn to all these. But John 14, 9, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've probably heard that. You've probably read that scripture. You've probably heard that before in talking about who Jesus was. Jesus is making the confession He's, he's declaring the word. He's speaking with his mouth who he is. Not because he needs convincing, but because he needs those that are there with him to hear God's word and to see what God's, God's presented and what God's made available. And so they had to begin to take that word and begin to paint a picture of and see Jesus different than, than what they physically would, would have attached or, or would have identified with their eyes. They had to begin to see that differently. John 12, 45 and 46. If you've seen me, you've seen the one who sent me. Jesus said, I'm the light in the world, and whoever believes in me will not be in darkness. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever believes in me. So he's painting a picture. He says, I'm, I'm the light of the world. He, he said, I'm the one who's, who, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he goes through, and Jesus is trying to convince not himself, but those who are there with him, trying to bring transformation because of what the Word said. In John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You know, the, the Pharisees came at him, and they said, Man, you, that's, that's, that's heresy. They came at him, and they said, You're blaspheming God. You're declaring that you're God. And he says, You're right. You say so. He said, you know, over and over again, he'd, he'd say, oh, you, you say so. Now, Jesus is doing something. He's speaking the word, confessing the word, declaring what it says so that transformation comes in the lives of the people. Now, I'm laying this foundation. Keep, keep with me. Not John chapter 9, he says, I am the light of the world. Then in, in, in John 6, 48, he says, I'm the bread of life. But there's a key phrase in there that I haven't emphasized yet, and it's the fact that he declared, he's saying, I am, every time. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. 
I am the light. Now to a Jew, when they heard that, they heard him saying he was the same as the God that Moses was led by and that Moses, the name that Moses gave or was given to give Pharaoh when he went to Egypt. I am. What's I am mean to them? They're hearing him say, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I just am. I didn't start here and end here. I am. So they're, they're seeing something in him, and, and some of them struggle with it, but they have to hear it and hear it in all these different ways so that, so that when it came time for him to go to the cross and when it came time for them to meet him at the day of Pentecost to receive the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment for the, for the new church and the, and the fulfillment of, of, of all the, the plan that God had, it was important that they have settled in them who it was they were following, who it was that they were receiving, and what he had come to do. They needed to see him in that light. They had to have a transformation of their thinking. You know, some of the, some of the greatest struggle that people have oftentimes is, what, is, is whether or not they're saved, whether or not they're worthy, whether or not they, they can tap into and receive the things of God. My Sunday morning uh, message has been the uh, faith is the victory. And talking about walking in this walk of faith and, and walking in the word of God and receiving the word of God. And, and Jesus' words paint that picture. But when they spoke, they began to transform those that heard it. Now, if Jesus said, he goes, I'm, he said, I, I say what the, I hear the Father say. I do what I see the Father do. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Perfect reflection. He, he declared who he was, that he was the Messiah, and, and all that he was doing. How did he do that? By speaking the word of God. By speaking what God said. Now, now that brought transformation to those that were around him. But let me ask you a question. If Jesus' words were the Father's words, God's words, what was Paul's words? Where, where did he get his words from? He's an educated man. He probably got it from those books, right? No. No, he got them from the, from the Father. He got them from God. Where did Peter get his words? From the Father. From, from, the, from the Word of God. Now, we're talking about Peter's words after he was... You know, saved and everything, not before when he's telling Jesus, uh-uh. But not, not when he's arguing with Jesus, right? Not when he was in the flesh. But the words that what's what's this whole what's this whole book? It's the anointed, the the inspired word of God. So what did James, where did James' words come from? The Father. They're the they're the word of God. Now let me ask you something. Do you believe the word of God? So therefore, when we when we begin to look at our life, what do we want to, to take into consideration always? God, what do you say? See, you know, the, 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 and the power of that word transforming our lives is when we hear that word and we, and we get, get it into our hearts and then we begin to speak that word and speak in line with what God says about us. See, we, this is a, the power of the transformation is we begin to understand what God says about us because when we don't feel very saved, 
what do we do? We go back to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Well, there's an interesting phrase that I want to look at, and that's that phrase of in Christ. My morning Bible study, we're talking about being in Christ, in Him. If you look through the Scripture, I think there's somewhere around 100, and I've been told, I haven't counted them, but somewhere around 140 uh, times that some form of in Him, in whom, in Christ is spoken. Who's He speaking that to? The believers, Christians. He's speaking that to us. So if, if upon salvation we're in Christ, then that ought to change everything because then what we ought to be doing is looking at the Word of God and seeing what we gain or what we've received being in Christ. And that's the, that's the thing. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things become new. I forgot. Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter. Uh, five and, and I forgot this really good verse that uh, we missed out on. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. He says, <clears throat> "God made him who knew no sin, who had no sin, no knew no sin, to be sin. Why? For us. Why? So that in him, in who? In Christ." right we might become what the righteousness of God you see when I was trying to become a good Christian I was trying to line up I was trying to you know watch my mouth and and I'm talking about not not watch not not watching my mouth where I said something negative I was trying to watch my mouth so I didn't say something vulgar right okay in, in the beginning, that was, that was a transition, okay? Go from a cowboy language to Christian language, which meant a difference, okay? Some of you worked in construction. Some of you worked in oil fields. Some of you been in, in, you know, you work in an environment where adjectives were very colorful. Well, see, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun with that, but in the process of trying to transform all these areas of my life, I would fall short oftentimes and I would think, man, I just can't do this Christian thing. I'm not good enough. But yet I go back to, okay, God, what do you say about me? You said I'm, I'm new. Old things have passed away, all things become new. Well, my mouth didn't change immediately, but my heart did. And I quit enjoying that, feeling good about that. And even in the midst of the bad habits and the things I was trying to change, I, I was different. It was different. It bothered me now. It, it never used to bother me. I didn't care who was around. I was in the restaurant up at Nash. And, and there was an individual. I won't tell you. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to tell you who it was. And, and, and this guy, I mean, he, he, we start swapping cowboy stories. And then we start swapping. And, and mine were, you know, colorful. But I, was, I didn't use all those words. And I mean... Boy, pretty soon they started getting, and there wasn't very many people in there, but there was a, an, an older couple sitting over there and, and a man and his wife, and I'm like, dude, you need to have some respect here. But I remember a day when I probably wouldn't have thought a thing about it. Some of the stuff I got away with in school, some of the stuff I did, and all those things weren't very godly. But see, here's the thing. Now it bothers me. I didn't even know I was doing wrong. 
when I was lost. But when I made Jesus Lord, I'm new on the inside. The outside's just catching up. It takes a little while. But see, here's the thing. When the devil tries to say, you're not good enough, you don't deserve it, you're, you're sorry, you're no good, I have to remember, okay, now wait a minute, God, what do you say? You said I'm new. You said that because Jesus who knew no sin became sin for me, that I can have... I, can, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so what I have to do is start to step up and act like it. Now, one of the power, another powerful thing is, is I can get that, that sin off of me by confession of my sin. Not going to the... Well, anyway. Uh, 1 John 1, 9 says, Confess your sins to the Lord. I started saying you don't have to go to any individual. I'll just leave it at that. You don't, you don't confess your sins to me or in, in it necessarily in any individual, the important one is that you go before God. Well, God already knows my sin. Yeah, but he wants to hear you say and, and turn against that. You speak that to God, and you're, you're saying First John 1, 9, God says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us. Thank God he forgives us. That keeps us from going to hell. Keeps us right, in right standing. But he doesn't stop there. He says he forgives us and then he cleanses us. Woo, that's nice. That's nice. That's, that's, that's pulling you out of the mud and then washing you off. You know, that, that's, that's that, that provision. So what, what do I have to, what's my part? Is I got to take God at his word. And then I got to begin to change how I talk about me. How I talk about others. How I talk about my circumstances and my situations. How I view, because that then affects how I view myself. Why did the power of God, the, His word, that Jesus declared who He was, why it was so important, is because it affected those that were around Him, those that were hearing. Because all these thoughts and these images and the way they saw Him began to be transformed as the word became alive in them. See, when I began to walk with the Lord, I had to begin to change and that's what Sue and I would hold each other accountable and when, there, when we were lean on money we didn't go well I guess we're just broke I guess we can't do anything we never can get ahead we quit all that negative talk and we begin to say okay God what do you say your word says that if I trust you with my tithe that you open the windows of the storehouse of heaven and pour out blessing we can't contain you said prove us now in this so the very first thing we did was we drew out our tithe very first thing it was only about $75 at the time but that by golly that came out whether we ate or anything else that came out first but it, what followed that was not just we're doing it so we can have God's blessing we do it out of obedience but we begin to have to change our words as well we begin to say God you make provision for me you supply so in, and, and so we begin to support that faith with a confession or the word of God that also applied what he spoke over us. We had to say, we had to begin to say that we're, we're uh, we take like Deuteronomy 28. It said Deuteronomy 28, first 14 verses are blessings. It said if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to follow his statutes, to follow his commands, that he said that he'd bless everything you set your hand to. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Everything now, everything that's according to God's will, everything that's in line with God's will, obviously, if you're out, if you're out uh, doing something that was 
illegal or whatever. I mean, God's not blessing that. Let's, let's be wise about how we apply this. But in going about my business and in going about what I do, He blesses us. It says that He blesses us going in and blessing us coming out. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. That my, The fruit of my cattle, the fruit of my body, the fruit of my ground, those are blessed. He said He'd bless our flocks, bless our herds. All of those things are blessed. Why? Because we begin, because we entrust the commands of God or we apply the commands of God and then we speak the word of God over our life instead of saying, well, if you want to see it done wrong, just follow me. Every time it's, I do it wrong every time. I cut all that words out. I cut all that out. That's funny, but it's unprofitable where the kingdom of God's concerned. Now, listen, I, I, you know, I begin to view things. We begin to view things differently. Well, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this drought, but I know who's going to provide a way, who's going to supply us way. I don't know who's going to get us through this flood, but I know a God who parted the Red Sea. I don't know who's going get, to get us through this situation or that situation or whatever it is, but God, I know who you are. And so we begin to declare those things, begin to put our confession in line with our prayers and taking the word of God so we shaped our thinking so we didn't always anticipate the wrong we anticipated the right you know if he blesses us going in and coming out that sounds to me like he's putting us in the right place at the right time instead of the wrong place at the wrong time and you know what I, we spoke that over every one of our kids as, as we started we started praying over our kids and we'd lay them down at night from the time they were little bitty babies we'd lay them down and we'd say Father I thank you for Deuteronomy 28 over them we thank you that they're blessed going in and blessed coming out they're the head not the tail above not beneath we thank you Lord God that you bless everything you set their hand to that you give them favor with God and man we thank you Lord God that they follow you all the days of your life, their life we thank you Lord God that you bless them in their storehouse you bless them in all that they do so we're declaring, we're speaking those good things over them and the, because it's the Word of God. Now, <clears throat> we, can, we can go down through the Word and begin to look at all the different ways that we can apply this. You know, uh, taking the Word of God and putting it in our mouths begins to transform. You're not telling God what to do. You're not speaking things that are, you know, you're, you're just taking simply what God what do you say about my circumstance or my situation you know what you know uh, people say uh, people say things in jest a lot of times and you know the, the Proverbs talks about the ones who jokingly say things and you ought to read through the book of Proverbs it'll change a lot of the way you respond and you talk about things I'm a, I, you know me I like to joke around I like to have fun I like to I like to laugh. I like to keep people laughing. But the way I do that is I try not to do things that are going to speak something contrary to the Word of God. I want to take the Word of God and what it says. You know, back to considering, and I'm going to wrap this up, but back to considering the way that we look at the Word of God, thinking about in, in being in Christ. Romans 8.1 says that uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are what? in Christ Jesus you know what that's one of the promises that when we're in Christ we get there's no condemnation no banishing judgment for us in Ephesians 2.10 it says that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus you know what we can begin to say Lord I thank you that I'm created for your workmanship 
in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus, therefore I'm your handiwork. I'm created in you, by you, for you, in your work. As we begin to, to think about all those different ways that, that God speaks of us and the good things that God speaks to us, man, just taking that word and begin to declare it over you. Where, where your health is concerned, where your wisdom is concerned, where your peace is concerned, where your ability to, to not be under the control of anxiety and, and worry and stress. Those are the kinds of things you begin to build your faith on, speaking the Word of God. You know, as we get ready to close tonight, you know, I, I think any time we, we, we hear a word like this, we can ask ourselves, how am I doing? We can gauge, God, what do I need to do differently? How, how are the words of my mouth building me up and others? And how are the words of my mouth being a detriment to me? If, if they are, then it's, e it's easy to say, God, just fix this. Change this. Transform this. If you're doing okay, then just keep rolling on. You know, even I, with all the years of doing this, I, I, the other day I was saying, man, I just can't keep bottle calves alive. I ought to know better than that, but man, bottle calves, I don't know what it is. Lately, I've, I've, had, I've had a hard time with bottle calves, but then, then, I, then I began to realize I've been speaking that. I've been talking about how I can't keep bottle calves alive. Well, why in the world would I say that? Why don't I just keep my mouth shut? can't say something good don't say anything at all that'd be a real good idea instead of speaking what's bad speak you say well that's just, uh, maybe that's just truth maybe i need to speak what the word of god says blessed is my herds blessed are the fruit of their bodies amen all right well i'm gonna leave you alone then that let's go before the lord in prayer father we just thank you and we praise you that you are at work in the midst of us and father we just thank you and we praise you that you provide for us the ability to come before you not based on our righteousness, not based on our goodness, but based on the righteousness of, uh, uh, of Jesus Christ. Lord, if we're believers, if we've made Jesus Lord, we've, we've been put in that position to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. And Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for that. But Lord, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice that either watching or here that has not made Jesus Lord, they've not done Romans 10, 9, and 10 that they may believe that, you're, that, that, that they need you, but they've never made that decision to confess you as Lord, to believe in their heart, and to, and to ask for forgiveness. And Lord, tonight I pray they do that. And if they're here, I pray they meet me at the top of the stairs and we pray together. If they're, if they're online, I pray that they make contact with us, that they want to pray that prayer to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, Father God, we just lift up all these needs that have been named. Father, we thank you for the power of God available to these. In Jesus' name, amen.